0: This podcast is brought to you by Udo's Choice, made with your health in mind. Health is your birthright and natural state. For more information on our award winning supplements, go to udo'schoice.com. We are in a beautiful country called South Africa, even in in the best city, Cape Town. And today we decided to bring you in like an extraordinary treat. Extra treat? Peace ambassador, chef hopefully for me one day. Yeah, nah, just a good side of the dish. Pilot, what else do you say about someone like this?
1: A father figure? Yes. Spreading peace? Peace ambassador, inspirational speaker. He travels more than a rock star? Yes. Country Both. to country. country. I, I feel like, like we, himself more than most rock stars.
0: Dude, I feel like we should just howl for him. Just bamboo yeah. Nah, just be like, hello, welcome to Africa. Hello, 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 hello. How? One, yes. two, one, two, one, two. Ow, ow, ow! <laughs> Prim, okay, that's welcome. enough howling. <laughs>
2: Dad,
0: okay, okay, got it, got it. Brim, welcome to Wild Wise Woman Show, man.
3: How are you doing? I am good, and thank you for having me on the show. I look forward to uh, watching all this wild stuff happen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh,
3: Prem, you,
0: you, you said you would participate in that so I'm being wild. <laughs> so, this on is our the show. first time on our show, Definitely like hard. you're sitting with three crazy ladies.
1: Mm-hmm. and Wild and wise ladies. Let's wild not and wise the word lady. crazy around too much, please. And That's right. Are you excited?
3: Yeah, I'm here. I hope I can uh, say something today that'll make a difference in someone's life. Yeah. And that's always my hope when I go out and talk about my message of peace, because it's not about, you know, all the conformity of what people think, that somebody will have peace, they'll become a vegetable, they'll go on top of a mountain and never come back down. But that's not peace. That's just exactly what it is, is going on top of a mountain and not coming back (laughs) down. Peace is uh, something that people need to feel in their heart. Uh, Peace is something that emanates from within them. Peace is already within them, in fact. And uh, that's where it is
0: tapping into inner peace. I love how we were also like chatty and stuff. We are so nervous to have someone of your caliber sitting right next to us. Please don't think that we have nothing to ask you or we've done <laughs> that, like no work we have. <laughs> but like we in our be. heads, it's like, oh my word, oh my word, oh my word, Yeah, but you shouldn't
3: be nervous. I'm just too Normal human being. I hope I'm normal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no, I don't
0: think you normally love to agree and, to have uh, like sit down with us. Actually,
3: I think I think it's so strange when people, you know, say, "Oh yeah, I'll be so nervous meeting that person." I mean, where's the humanness gone? Yeah,
0: that's yeah, we're true.
3: we're human beings. If we're nervous seeing each other, we're in trouble. You know, we should be nervous seeing a great white in the water. We should be nervous seeing a big lion coming at us. Yeah, I can yeah, understand yeah. that, but seeing each other. We should understand that we are all human beings and we're in the same boat. Yeah. We have good days, we have bad days. We do right things, we do wrong things. And that's just us. That's what we are all about, you know.
0: So you've never seen someone and you, and you have all these questions that you want to ask them and then all of a sudden when you do see them, all you hear and you hear is like... And you're trying to tell your body to say something and then none of the words come out. That has never happened to you.
3: Well, I... I don't know. Maybe it has. I don't remember. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so, For people that have never seen Prem Rao before, it's like it's poetry to your ears, but it's all about self and self-understanding mm. and things like that. So for all of you that don't know, where did this journey begin of spreading the message of peace?
3: India. That's where I was born. Yeah, that's where I started. Uh, I started speaking when I was four years old.
0: You know, it just puts pressure on every other person who has a kid. <laughs> because everyone is just going to be like, you're just eating sweets.
3: Uh-huh. No, well, I mean, that's something I wanted to do. And uh, I got up. There was a big gathering. My father was going to come and speak. But people were just scattered, you know, just scattered all over the place. And I felt this is not good. You know, he's, he's going to come and everybody's all over the place. So I got up, and I sat where he sits on his chair, and I started speaking. And when I did, everybody started to go, whoa, who's talking right now? You know, it sounds like a little kid. And they all wanted to come and see, and they all gathered. And then I sent a message to my father. Okay, everybody's here. You want to come out and talk to them? You know, and uh, he did. So that's when it started for me, just speaking about peace. And then I was nine years old when he passed away. So I ended up doing what he was doing, and that was at nine. And then that really involved a lot of traveling and talking to people. So from the age
0: of four, you had the gift of the
3: gab. Uh, I don't know, a gift of the gab. I think it's just uh, something my heart wanted to do. It it just came naturally to me. I just wanted to talk about the possibility that what they're looking for is inside of them, that whatever they think their human status is, they're much better off than that. But they don't know it. They don't understand it. Yeah. Because I'm not the believer in Superman. You know, you realize what a Superman movie would be if there was no disaster. If nobody was falling off a mountain, if nobody was drowning in the ocean. If not, I mean, he'd just be sitting around. Mm-hmm. So we look, we, we look at the disastrous situations and we somehow go into this mode of, oh, yeah, if we had somebody like Superman, then he could come and save us. And we never look at ourselves as our own saviors. And there's nobody better qualified than us to save ourselves because we know our pitfalls. We know where the problems are. We know what's wrong with us <laughs> and, and where we Some need of to us be just saved. Don't
0: know. <laughs> I've got two people in the room who just don't
3: know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> don't say that about them. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, we
0: can hear you, Loki. <laughs> yeah. I'm joking. I'm joking. Have you ever, like, not known what to say. Oh, uh, 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 like like uh, <laughs> like, like
3: uh, basically uh, right uh, now, like everyone is just like silent. I'm
0: like, uh, no, but my toes were well, yeah.
3: But but this isn't like coming from my head. I hope. I really hope. I, I I pray that I never walk on any stage behind a microphone and start talking from my head. Yeah. It really needs to mm-hmm. come from my heart. You know. It really really needs to come from my heart. Because that's my, if, it, if the message doesn't come from my heart, it's coming from my head, I'm going to be confused and I'm going to confuse a lot of people. And that's what happens. You know, there's a lot of people who get behind a microphone. They're, they're fine talking to people. But what they end up doing is confusing people. I mean, not detangling the situation. They make it even more confusing. Because they don't, you know, the subject of peace, the subject of being human, the subject of being alive, It's something that you really have to feel inside. You have to feel it in your heart. And it's not about the head. I mean, of course, when I fly, it's all about the head, you know, but this really has to come from your heart.
1: Is that why at the book launch, you were able to stand up without notes or anything and you just spoke?
3: I don't make notes. I don't write my speeches. I just come out and say what I feel like saying.
0: Wow. Okay, that's all about a strong DNA like yeah. now we're going to be looking at children like yo you four years old man
2: like,
0: <laughs> why do, do you need notes okay Prem I've always wanted to ask you this Ned, but don't take offence to it please were you ever good with the ladies because like sometimes I sit in your things and I'm like
2: damn <laughs> damn that was
0: good where did that come from <laughs> it's like a left that like punch punch and you're like now I'm thinking hey you know sometimes you'll be like baby Look into yourself, and were you that guy when, like, someone comes when a chick comes up to you and they're like, "Where were you? Why didn't you?" No, know, no, no. You're like, "Don't worry,
2: look at me." Look into my
3: life. <laughs> were you ever, like... No, no. You can't abuse that. That's not what it's for. <laughs> Are you kidding me?
0: <laughs> I was thinking. I mean, that
3: was you know, I, I've had people come, people who were terribly upset. And I just, you know, there was actually one lady came up to me one time and she said, I am afraid to get in touch with myself because what if I find everything is just ugly? And I said, no, it's not. It never is. It never will be. But you, you, can't, you can't take this gift and abuse it, yeah. you know, for your personal reasons. or That's just, that's just a no-no. That's absolutely a no-no.
0: That's why for, we like, have over less than 0.0 percent. You've never tried it.
3: Not even zero 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 percent.
0: Damn, Prim. Did you just once. If you <laughs> if
3: you are not disciplined. Yeah. You shouldn't be doing this. You know, there are people who abuse their positions. I have seen them. I saw this when I was very young, and that was easy for me to go. You know. I'm not going to do that.
1: Yeah. Because
3: I, I see it. I see it. I Even today, there's so many people. My good fortune is I started when I was very young and I could see how people were abusing, you know, their position. And wh- where's the hope yeah. if, if those people who are saying, I am here to help you. You know, and they drill a hole in your boat, you know, and <laughs> you'll <laughs> it's be like... fine. Just go down. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just wrong. That's just wrong. Okay,
0: oh, yeah. cool. That's yeah. Very interesting. You see, Prem, for most of us in this room, our lives are so messed up, we're crazy. <laughs> so your words are like words of inspiration to us. <laughs> we're like, okay, tick.
2: Well, well, Prem, I think maybe let's start from the top. Tell us a little bit about why you're in SA. Um, You designed a program called the Peace Education Program, and you're here to promote that and the book and your message. Do you want to tell us a bit more about that?
3: Yes, Robin, I'd love to tell you about that, because here I am. (laughs) Jeez,
0: it is, (laughs) right?
3: I we, may as well.
0: It was so ghetto, and Robin was just so like.
2: <laughs> do, 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 do. We'll get there.
3: <laughs> well, I've been I've been coming to South Africa since the '70s, and uh, it's been on and off. Because in the '70s, when I first came, um, you know, they didn't want me to do mixed meetings and so on and so forth. And I said, "Look, I, that's just I'm not going to do that. You know, I, anybody is welcome." to come. And so everybody would come. And that was against the law at that time. And I got blacklisted, so I couldn't come for quite a while to South Africa. But then situation changed and I started coming back. And I'm here to talk to people about same message, same message. And a few years back, we started this peace education program. And the peace education program really started in a very simple way. It was just a way to be able to reach people who really needed help. So in fact, its beginnings were in incarceration institutions, you know, prisons or whatever you want to call them, and reaching those people because there they were and really not much hope. You know, every day you see the bars, there's the sunset, but there's the bars. You're in there. Some of them are there for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and it's a tough life. You know, it really, really is a tough life. So the idea wasn't to entertain them. That wasn't the idea. It wasn't like, well, society has said you should be incarcerated and we're coming along and making sure that everything is fine for you. No, the idea was that if there isn't a fundamental change in these people, they're going to come back. Because when you look at the uh, rate of return, it's just amazing. And so what can we do to have a profound impact in their lives so they really just get out of this rut? Because they don't want to be there, but they don't know what to do. Nobody's helping them with that. It's just the whole situation is somebody's holding a big stick, somebody's got a bigger stick. And when you look at how unfair this is, truly have to understand, and and I will quote Professor Gilbert, who is one of the professors in the University of Texas, San Antonio, and he works with these kind of institutions. He keeps an eye on them. He he analyzes, and he's brilliant, brilliant. And he just said, look, these laws are being made by white-collar workers, and they are literally against everybody else down the totem pole. And so what happens? What happens is that a whole sector of society that doesn't even participate in making those laws end up with these laws that are just hurting them and nobody cares. Nobody looks at it. And so everybody just sits there with a stick that's bigger stick and a bigger stick and a bigger stick. And nobody is even looking at the whole thing and saying, look, this doesn't work. You know, I mean, you look at your child, you send your child to school and you look at this report card and you say, well, you know, is he passing or is he failing every single year? I mean, is it working or is it not working? But people don't look at some things like that. When, when you look at these, these laws get passed and institutions get made. And so the solution of the, for the problem is this, make more prisons. And so the prisons get made, more prisons and more. And that's really going to solve the problem. I don't think so. You know, if your house is burning, you need to throw water at it, not more fire at it. And so how can a profound impact be made? So peace education program started and University of San Antonio, Texas took notice that people who were going through this program had the least rate of return. Of all the programs that were in this one uh, institution, the people going through the peace education program had the lowest rate of return. So that obviously for him, it was like, bing, 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 all the alarm bells went off. What's going on here? What is so interesting about this program? Well, in fact, I went and I saw the inmates and I talked to them. And there was a really a profound change in people's life. And so since then, it has just been spreading, but now it's not just limited to prisons. It's veterans are going through it. Hospice are going through it. Hospitals are going through it. Police are going through it. Army, I mean just about every facet uh, of society is being touched by the peace education program and people really, the most important thing most people just really enjoy it. Just really really enjoy it. And it is in fact in some of these uh, Other programs where, you know, alcoholics and drug addicts, and they're going through these programs and and, and just really finding a change in themselves. Because we as human beings need to be empowered. If we're not empowered and we feel that we have, there's nothing we can do. I mean, you go out there and you talk to people. You talk to people about the problems of this world. And the first thing they will tell you is, what can I do? because nobody feels empowered. And, and, and this is a problem in our society. People should feel empowered. That yes, whatever you do does make a difference. Whatever you do will make a difference. You know, it, to me, it's like a seed. You see, you're walking through a desert, right? And you see this big rock somewhere. And there's a crack in the rock. And out of that crack in the rock, There's a tree growing. It's like, whoa. You know, you feel like going up to that tree and saying, wait a minute. First, this is a desert. You shouldn't be here. Two, in the middle of a rock. What are you doing here? You know, what are you doing here? This is all wrong. And if the tree could talk, I know what the tree would say. It may be all wrong to you, but it was just right for me. I found what I needed and the seed germinated and here I am. And it's not a question of right and wrong. I'm here. I am here. I get the water. I got the water all those years that has allowed me to become what I am. If a seed can do that, defy the odds, why cannot human beings defy the odds? And so that's what peace education program is. It's really empowering people, empowering individuals on a very individual level and where they participate, they talk about peace, what peace means to them, how they feel about peace, where peace is inside of them. And this has been very profound and, in fact, very surprising for me and very profound for me because I go talk to them and it's like, wow, you are feeling a difference in your life? Great, wonderful.
1: Thank you, Priya. Wow. And on that profound note, like... You never know what to say after you've spoken. Like, Like, okay. okay going to play one of your songs. It's called New Ecstasy. I think I, we're feeling a new high right now. Mm-hmm. We are. <laughs>
0: we like questioning every aspect of our life.
1: We like. Do, do you, you want to tell us a little bit about it just before we play it? Do you have any words, thoughts, how it came about inspiration wise?
3: Actually, I don't know which particular version that is, if that's got the words to it or it's just, it's instrumental. just the instrumental. instrumental. I wrote a song. Mm. Okay. Here I am in ecstasy. Yeah. And it was just about being alive. And it's not about the drug. I was about you. to say, you went to some trance party. I'm so glad you cleared that up. But I but, feel like,
0: yeah, we're yeah. feeling a new ecstasy right now with yeah. all your powerful so, words.
3: This is just the instrument, the music for it. It was something I did. Did you co-write
0: while. the song with anyone?
3: No, I, I wrote it myself. I, I write. I write songs. I have a few songs. I write.
0: Who are your parents? Like, uh-huh.
3: <laughs> like, what is
0: this? I stood on stage when I was four. At like nine, I started to, like, you travel the world. You fly. On, no, seriously, let's talk about this. Like, can we talk about this up air? To Ecstasy by Prem Rawat. Am I singing? Am I singing? Am I singing? <laughs> I can sing too. Should you ever, you
3: know. Right. All right. You know, like you got a good, good voice, really good voice. You so do, you do. I have,
1: I uh, have, what you do have? I've told you for years. Okay, not years. I haven't known you that long, but I've been telling you for weeks now that you have a good voice. Is it just because Prem told you that it's now a thing? Okay, do you travel around the world playing the, the piece? No. Oh,
2: okay, so it's. Can it's you my fly life. yourself
0: to one place to the next? Do you travel more than
1: a rock star? No. In my imagination, I can. Um. I was going to ask a question before I get smacked again. (laughs) So is there anything that you can't do? Is there one thing that you've tried and you're just like, nope, I cannot balance on a unicycle while juggling chainsaws, for example?
3: That is something that that I definitely have not tried.
1: Ah, (laughs) so that doesn't mean you can't do it. You just haven't tried it. I haven't tried it, no. So do you have a bucket list of things that you still want to do?
3: Bucket list? I haven't found a bucket yet.
1: <laughs> fine, a
2: it.
3: I, I mean, I, I, know, I know there are so many people, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I want to do that before I go. I mean, it's like, okay, we're all going to go someday. Hmm. And you should really spend every single day like it's your last day and your first day. I mean, okay. not just postpone something. You want to go see something, be somewhere, do it. I mean, do it. You know, this is the whole... Social aspect of thing. Okay, you're supposed to go to school now. Yeah. And then after you come out of school, now you're supposed to find a job. Now you're supposed to get married. Now you're supposed to just work your pants off. Now you're supposed to retire, and now you can die. <laughs> I mean, it's like thanks a <laughs> lot, guys. You know, where's this all so from? Used. <laughs> I mean, just where does that come from? And everybody, it's like a cookie cutter. Everybody's like, yeah, that's how it works. That's how it works. I'm retiring. I'm to reached my sixty-five. No, you can't retire in life. You know, one day you will retire, and that's that. But till that day, you got to live to the fullest possible that you can. Absolutely.
0: But what's the wildest thing you've done, though? Have you gone and swam with sharks? I mean, you are in Cape Town right now, so shark cage diving, great whites.
3: That's another thing that actually I haven't ever done. And okay, I, don't sort of do, oh. I don't want to do I don't wanna do is swim with a shark.
0: Are you in but the a cage. cage? You in a cage. It. Except if there's those like you get those like little have sharks.
3: You, have you seen some of the documentaries where the shark just half inside the cage? I mean, it's absolutely, absolutely sure, those shocking. Are no, they are not. They're, they're not Photoshop. Really no, they're videos. They're videos. They're, they're videos. They're videos. No, and, they're videos. And, and, you know, to me, I respect the shark. That's the shark's territory. Shark is the boss. When the professor says that, scratch the scratching
0: Shark is list. the boss.
3: You know, this thing also bothers me sometimes. The people go around going, well, we're better than animals. I don't think so. Yeah. You know, we're part of that family too. They evolve differently and they do things and some of the things they do, they do a lot better than us. I mean, a lot better than us and I see Birds flying at times, you know, and there may be like 200 them. they're flying in formation. They're not crashing at each other. You know, they're not like, get out of the way and honking and killing somebody. I mean, they're just in unison flying and doing their thing. And we stop learning from animals. You know, you take a look at an animal. And if the animal can avoid being killed and killing, it will. And if it has to, it will but we just go and we will do it for fun. Uh, how can that be fun? How can that be fun? You know. Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to show a healthy respect to the animals, and maybe they'll show some healthy respect for us.
0: <laughs> and they'll go, get out of here. I've just like changed my bucket list. When a peace ambassador tells you, mm, shark cage diving, I don't know. Take it off your list,
2: damn. Um, Prem, I had a question, uh, to Fluffy's point. Um, So we've been speaking about this off air as well. You've got a long, long, long list of accomplishments. I mean, so you've been a speaker since you were four years old, professional pilot, one of the most experienced in the world, I believe. Um, Professional, well, really good cook. (laughs) Lumka's favorite uh, photographer, poet. Um, where do you find the drive and motivation to just be excellent at everything you do, I guess?
3: Well, I think that uh, we all need to try our best. Whatever we do, we need to get good at it. And sometimes it is trial and error. Today it's all digital photography, but I started way back when there was no digital photography. Mm -hmm. And you went and you bought a film Yeah. And in India, you got an envelope with it and you took the film after you exposed it and you put it in the envelope and you put your return address and you posted (laughs) it and it went to the lab, Kodak lab, and they would process it and then send it back to you. Well, that was a little bit strange for me because that really took a long time. And actually, even before that, I didn't have a camera. I didn't have a camera. What? So I had to make my own. So I made a pinhole camera. You take a shoebox, you put a you know pinhole right in the front of it, and you put a screen in the back, and I would go around seeing things. And then I was able to then take the film and put it in the back and expose it. And, of course, it was trial and error. Who are error.
2: you? I just made a camera. <laughs> when I was younger, I made well, a it's camera. it's very simple.
3: Pinhole cameras are very simple. There's no shutter involved or anything else. And you just have to do everything manually. And then... I set myself a little lab, yeah. Know, just the black and white, three trays, and I would process the film. And uh, pretty soon I got pretty good at it, and I would even do it for my friends. They would have, you know, their exposed film, and I would process it for them and make prints and so on and so forth. So that was my background. And then when the digital cameras came on, it was like, yeah, yeah, let's see. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I, I'm getting back into film. I mean, I think that's just... I looked at some of the pictures I had taken a long time ago on slides, mm-hmm. and they're like the the emulsion, the the feeling, the way the colors are, and everything else, just really beautiful. I mean, yeah. it's just beautiful. So um, I still I, I dug through my old camera and I found one. I found my old Canon camera that's film, so I brought it with me on this trip. And I'm going to try to shoot some pictures.
1: I mean, if you need some model. <laughs>
0: maybe like background natural, because Yeah. Because sometimes you need
1: someone to hold
0: this water. <laughs> sometimes you just need someone, to, you know, when you walk past, maybe when you're taking a picture of a tree, who just happens to be standing by the tree. <laughs> you know, there's fill up a crowd, lot out, Fill
1: up a room.
0: I always yeah. wondered, like, you travel all over the world. And you say the most profound things. I took friends who do not believe in talking about emotions. They think it's, like, cultish or they think it's lame or churchish. And they were moved at this book launch. They were like, give me a moment, talk to me on Sunday about this because a mind shift happened, you know. And I was looking mm-hmm. around the room and everyone, and even now in this room, sorry, guys, I'm going to just mention you and me. Like basically, <laughs> we've just been sitting here like... Yeah. Like, What else do you say after that? I mean, don't you get tired of seeing faces that everyone is just like, <laughs> like, what? <wow>. Next? <laughs> no, no, like, what have I been doing with my life? Like, what is
3: that? Well, another thing is one should not ever gloat. You may, I may, you know, people say, oh, yeah, you you can do this really well, this, but I listen through it through one ear hole and goes out the other because it's like, look, I have my own standards. Yeah. When I take a picture, if I like it, that's good. Do yeah. I have to go and show it to everybody? No, I don't. You know. And and for the longest time, I was, I take these pictures uh, of fire, and I've taken pictures of water, and I've taken pictures of smoke, and just very basic things that you come across every single day. But of course, my objective taking a picture is to show something that you normally don't see.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
3: So. I do it. And people went, oh, these are incredible. And it's like, okay, fine. They're incredible. That's good. But, you know, I'm not going to go out there and and say, yeah, look at these are the best pictures. Mm -hmm. And then what happened was uh, we needed to raise some funds for my foundation, the Prem Rawat Foundation. So somebody said, well, why don't you try auctioning some of your pictures, right? Yeah. So yeah, (laughs) we auctioned them. And Actually, they went for a lot of money. did to sell. Oh, there wasn't that many that was sold, but it was some of them were like one went for a hundred thousand dollars, wow, right? Incredible. So, I mean, they were gorgeous, gorgeous pictures.
2: Oh uh, my word!
3: So, so then I started taking more pictures, and and, and and so we had more auctions and raised some funds for TPRF, the Prem Rawat Foundation. Because what they do is incredible, too. Yeah. You know, really, really incredible.
0: we got to get back into, like, what your foundation does in detail soon. Yeah. yeah. I love how I'm like, you, you got to get it back into that. Know. Like, you see, I'm giving you that, like, blank stare again. Because yeah. like, you, keep, you keep mind-shifting me, man. I'm just
1: like, oh, my God. I'm trying to catch up. I'm trying to catch up. Shall we give you a second to catch up and play another song? Because I'm really enjoying Prem's music. It's very, like, relaxing, if that makes any sense. Which I think is what some wild wise women need right now. Yeah, (laughs) especially us. So, this next one is called The Good One. Do
3: you have and any to say on about
1: it? On it? Yes. It's just a good one. <laughs> I, 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 I really <laughs> have to tell you,
3: I, 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 I do this music and then the hardest part of it is to come up with a name for
0: it. <laughs> and like, so, to make it even worse is that you go around talking about like amazing concerts. So now I think we're all expecting like, profound.
2: Yes, something, something
0: profound, profound <laughs> the good one. And then it's just the good one. It's just, cool. yeah, mean, good some one.
3: of them are named like 16, you know, that's it. I yeah, mean, there's this a 7 There's like, <laughs> a <yeah. 70. laughs> I, I like, I wanted to know about 7D. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. It's just like you start something and, and, and I feel something and I'll come back from a trip, I'll come back from one of my talks, I'll sit down, and I'll get on the keyboard and I'll just take it down. And then work on it. And then it's like, you know, when you want to quit out of it, it goes, oh, you want me to save it? It's like, yeah, of course, save it. Give it a name. And it's like, I don't know. It's just whatever. And then are done with it.
2: Well, there you go.
0: Great. Now I feel like all the musicians that come here with really crappy music. Yeah. And they give you the biggest story. And they're like, yeah, so when I came home, we were like, mm. sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you.
3: And we're back. Hi.
0: I love, I love how Fluffy <laughs> keeps doing this to me. I'm like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> Thank you, Prem. I think oh, we should start a show together. Yeah. Jeez.
2: <laughs> so, guys, um, on Friday evening, we attended the launch of one of Prem's books, the latest book called Splitting the Arrow. Uh, it's a beautiful collection of stories, poems, teachings, uh, and it offers practical advice on life, success, and relationships. I was reading through the book, and one of the stories that really spoke to me and I think is very pertinent in, in essay at the moment is called The Tortoise's Picnic. So Prem, I just wanted to know whether you could share that story with us and tell us a bit more about that.
3: Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, it's basically a very simple story in that there was a family... Tortoise, and uh, they decided to go for a picnic. So there was the dad and the mom and the baby tortoise. And off they went and they went and went and went looking for a nice place where they could all settle down and have this wonderful picnic. And they brought the picnic with them and they found a place and they laid out the tablecloth and they brought their basket and did the whole nine yards. And they were just about to start eating when the daddy tortoise noticed that they had forgotten the bottle opener at home. So the dad looked at the baby tortoise and said, baby, go back home and bring me the bottle opener. We forgot it, you know, and it would be really nice to have some soft drinks with our sandwiches. And the baby tortoise said no. He says, this is not nice for you to say, no, I'm your dad. I'm asking you nicely, go home and get me the bottle opener. So he said, well, if I go to get the bottle opener, you will eat my sandwich. Because
1: this- we all know dads are like that. <laughs> 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 it's all my dad's
0: mums. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: just-
3: so the dad said, no, 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 absolutely not. We're, we're going to wait for you. So off he goes. And so they're waiting for him, of course, being tortoise. They're waiting for him for one day and two days and three days. And he isn't back. And so finally the daddy tortoise looked at the mama tortoise and said, I think we should just have our sandwich. I don't think he's coming back. So as soon as the daddy tortoise started to take the first bite off the sandwich, the baby tortoise jumped out from behind the rock and said, I knew it,
2: I knew it, you would have the
3: sandwich without me. <laughs> so, you know, the point of the whole story is we have our all our, all our expectations, all our ideas, you know, in different ways. And uh, we don't try to understand the importance, the importance of being alive. Everybody wants the instant solution to something. You know, give me the instant peace. I want Mm -hmm. the instant coffee. I want the instant wife. I want the instant girlfriend. I want the instant relationship. I want the instant money. I want the instant job. I want the instant ride. I want everything is like now, 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 now. And, you know, I was thinking about it. And it's like, you know, finally, these um, digital watches are becoming very popular. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting because a long time ago, when they used to have just good old analog watches, one thing you had to do is you got up in the morning, you had to wind them up before they would start telling the time. And so then they came out with automatic watches and they came out with battery powered watches and you didn't have to do that every day. The battery powered watch would run sometimes for a year or even more. Now we're at digital watches and guess what? You have to you have to charge that watch every single day because if you don't, it's not gonna do anything, anything. And so it's all these cyclic circles we keep going around and around in. And it's very, very interesting that why do we do this? Why do we do this? I mean, is it just for the sake of it? I mean, I love gadgets, I love technology, all of that stuff, but why do we do this? And there is a drive inside of us to better ourselves. And I think that when we don't pay any attention to bettering ourselves and we just think that doing external things to better ourselves is all our responsibility and it's all we have to do, it doesn't pan out. And you you have peace and you have prosperity and a lot of people think it's prosperity and then peace. But you're never going to get prosperity unless there is peace. Because that prosperity isn't going to hold together, it's going to fall apart. And then it'll become just a cyclic circle of it's like, oh, should we put peace first? Should we put prosperity first? Right now, the formula is, oh yeah, well, we'll think about peace. First, we will have prosperity, right? But no, because this prosperity isn't being very prosperous. Because of the human being not being in peace, there's no understanding of human dignity. There's no understanding of human beings. People are dying hungry in this world. Why? Is there a shortage of food? No. Absolutely not, there's no shortage of food. The amount of food that is thrown away is simply staggering, staggering, how much food is actually thrown away. But why is it that these people who are dying of hunger cannot get that food? What happened to clean water? I mean, what happened to clean water? I mean, everywhere you go, bottled water, bottled water, bottled water. I mean, you know, I was born in a generation in India where you didn't have bottled water. You had water from your tap or a well, and it was sweet, and it was wonderful, and it was clear. And And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, no, the water has gotten contaminated. Who contaminated it? Who contaminated this water so that we can start buying bottled water? And I just want people to wake up a little bit instead of saying, well, that's normal now. You know, this is how just things, the way things are. There are certain things that we need as human beings. One of them that we need right away is air. We, we won't last very long without air. Maybe about three minutes, there's a rule of threes when, with these things. And so that needs to be clean because it is incredibly essential and important for our body to have that air. The second thing is the warmth. Three hours and you could go into hypothermia. So the shelter that we need needs to be good. That'll keep us out of those elements.
0: Yeah.
3: That's very, very important. Then we got three days without food, you know, or or three days without water. And then, you know, maybe three weeks or so without food, people have survived. So taking a look at these things, it is so important that our food, our water, our air and our environment is there for us because these things are important for us. We we this is not a luxury. We need these to survive. We need these to live. And people are not paying attention to those things. And we're looking for prosperity. Prosperity. What is what is the definition of prosperity? What is the definition of peace? Well, Peace is something that needs to be felt. And prosperity, is it truly objective or is it subjective? I feel prosperous. I I have water, I have food, I have a place to stay. I feel prosperous because there are people who have everything and they don't feel (laughs) prosperous. So is it objective or is it subjective? And the same thing. With peace is it objective or is it subjective I mean okay so you live on top of a mountain and you're wearing a certain clear uh, you know uh, color of clothes and your name is a certain way and your hair is a certain way and so all oh, you must be in peace come on that's it that's not peace peace is when you feel it and peace is not objective but it is subjective and you have to feel it You have to feel peace in your life, not just one day, but every single day. Yeah. Every single day.
0: Wow. (laughs) Okay. How do you expect people to actually have a conversation with you when you, like, do mic bombs, like, mic drops everywhere? Those are, like, you keep having these profound and powerful speeches, and, like, we end up having the same facial expression, like... What do you say
3: next? (laughs) who am I? But the the thing is, these things are just simple. They're they're, they're not, you know, out of some slab that fell off of the skies. This is just the need of a human being. That's all we're talking about, you know? I mean, this is nothing fancy. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure this out. We are here, this one planet Earth. This is the planet Earth that we inhabit. We are here. I mean, things are pretty straightforward so far, I'm concerned, because they have been looking for life on other planets and uh, they haven't really found it yet. You know, <laughs> they, they keep going, oh, there might have been life here. There might have been life here. And I was like, okay, I know why they need to do that. They need to do that because one day this planet Earth is going to go away. And so then there is a quest for human beings to live in other planets, other surfaces, other places. But are the foundations of that future good or bad? Fundamentally, good or bad? If we cannot have peace and prosperity and human dignity on this planet right now, looking for other ones, we're going to take the same disease And supplant it in other places. At least as a simple experiment, you know, and this is what I say: peace will be mankind's finest achievement. Finest. And we need to have it here. We need to have it here so that we can say to ourselves: yes, we can all live in peace not blowing each other up because yeah. otherwise that's we're going to go to other places and that's exactly what we're going to do you know clean up this planet otherwise we're going to go to these other places and we're going to pollute till it's gone till it's destroyed and so we will become not the custodians but we will become the destroyers yeah and, and this is this is not right this just just mm-hmm. isn't right and it can't be it can't be
2: well, what I took from that story was, was just the distrust between people. As you know, like in SA at the moment, there's a lot of distrust between yeah. people, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration. How do we begin to move past that?
3: This is something that people are really going to have to ask themselves one simple question. And the question is, when you say move past it, that means move on. Not just past it, but move on. Move forward towards something positive, towards so some, something good. Yes. Do you want to do that? Yes. To truly want to do that?
2: I do. <laughs> I'm hoping that everyone else does as well. Most people don't. They're not ready to, though.
3: Look, to come up with an idea that I need to move forward. I need to go. I cannot stay in this situation, I cannot stay in this position because so far I stay in this position, I'm still being victimized by all that that has taken place in the past. South Africa has one thing that is incredible, really incredible. And that asset I see is the people of South Africa. Because what they have endured is absolutely amazing. I mean, it is a testament to endurance of a human being. And if they put their mind to it, they can can do anything they want with that kind of endurance, with that kind of power that they have. But I don't think that anybody is looking at empowering each other. You know, it's just distrust, distrust, distrust. And the reason why the distrust is there because everything was in a bottle, it's like taking a, you know one of the soft drink bottles and shaking it and shaking it and shaking it and then popping it open and it just goes all over the place. That's, that was the situation here. People were frustrated with what was going on. And that frustration is going to express itself. But there is also a resolve, and if there is a resolve, to help each other move forward. It's not an individual thing. You cannot just lock your house and say, oh yeah, everything is fine. You know, everybody has to come together to say we all have to move forward. We all have to move forward. And then it can happen. Then it will happen. Because the resolve is there, the understanding is there, It is not just some myth. And then there's this empowerment issue where you ask people, why aren't you moving forward? And people will go, what can I do about it? What can I do about it? This resignation of what can I do? What what difference will it make? But people coming together, amazing things can happen. You know, there is a lot of bad in this world, but there is a lot of good in this world. There is a lot of hatred in this world and there's a lot of kindness in this world. And what we have to do is to perpetuate the kindness. What we have to do is perpetuate the, the good in people. And if we can do that, and, and, and you know, and then there's this other thing, looking for a leader. Everybody's looking for a leader. And there's this joke, you know, that somebody asks the leaders, there's this procession going on, there's people in the front, and they're obviously the leaders, and everybody's following them. And they went to the leaders, well, where are you going? Well, we have no idea where we're going. We were, we're just being pushed by the people.
0: <laughs> and they asked the
3: people, well, where are you going? So well, we have no idea, we're following them. And so it's like, nobody knows. Leaders are not going to do it. Look at the record of this world. I mean, we're talking about a few thousand years here. And the leaders have not been able to fix it and things just break down, break down, break down. What has gotten perpetuated is the human greed. This is what has gotten supported. Let me tell you a very nice little story. There was a tribe, and one day, a young kid approached the chief, and he said, chief, I have a question for you. So what, what is your question? The chief, I notice that sometimes People are good, and sometimes people are bad. And sometimes those people who were good, they're bad, and sometimes those people who were bad, they're good. Why is that? The chief said in each human being, there are two wolves a good wolf and a bad wolf, and they fight each other. So the boy thought about it. And after a little while, he said, "Uh, Chief, why do they fight? And the chief said, to gain supremacy over you, to take you over. So then the boy thought about that for a while, and he said, Chief, which wolf wins? The chief looked at the boy, and he said, the one you feed. I really like this story because it's a simple example of which one is going to win. Now there are people, believe me, there are people who are like, let's kill the bad wolf. Excuse me, how is that going to help the good wolf? You got to feed the good wolf. Forget about the bad wolf. Feed the good wolf. Yes. All these people who are wanting to move on, who are distrusting, which wolf are they feeding? Are they feeding the good wolf or are they feeding the bad wolf? And if they want to move on, they got to feed the good wolf. Good wolf hasn't been fed for a very, very long time. Very, very long time. And it's about time that we start paying attention to the good wolf. Forget about the bad wolf. Because more attention you give it, more food you give it, you know, this is not going to help the good wolf, the good wolf needs to be fed. By beating the bad wolf, that's not gonna help the good wolf. Good wolf has to be taken care of. I just think that there's such a poignant story for the condition of the world today because everywhere you look, just people are feeding the bad wolf. You know, when I heard this story the first time, it really just touched me, just really, really touched me because like anybody else, I get angry and all of a sudden I caught myself going uh, 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 which wolf did you just feed
1: and <laughs> <happened yet>? yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah you know and it's like I don't want I don't want to feed the bad wolf live your life consciously you have to live your life consciously this is one life you have there is a whole idea you're going to come back you know I've talked to a lot of people and I just say to them What's your proof? What's your proof? Oh, this is this, is this lifetime, and, you know, you were this in this last lifetime. So I said, do you remember what you did in your last lifetime? If I'm getting punished, if something bad happens to me, you go up to these people and you go, why am I being punished? I mean, why is these bad things happening? Oh, because you did something bad in your last lifetime. I say, okay. What was it? Well, why punish somebody when you don't even tell them? what What they're being punished for. (laughs) So how are they going to make amends? You know, but of course we don't remember. We think, oh yeah, after I die, I'm gonna go somewhere. I say to people, so when you were born, maybe you weighed nine pounds, eight pounds, whatever. You think the weight of the earth went up eight pounds, nine pounds, and when you die, maybe you weigh 140 pounds, 200 pounds, whatever it is. You think the earth gets lighter by 200 pounds? (laughs) No, all this stuff, that you're made out of stays right here. It gets recycled. And you have this life. The day you were born, you have no control over it. The day you're gonna die, you have no control over it. But every single day in the middle, it's yours. Make it happen, people, make it happen. And, you know, so I'm here talking about peace and all this stuff, so am I in peace all the time? No, no. Is everything perfect for me? Every single day, no. But you know what? Every day, I try, I try. And what's gonna happen? Well, (laughs) habit is something that makes something happen easily. That's what bad habits do, that's what good habits do. And if I can just form a habit to be conscious, not to waste my time, not to squander away my time. The, 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 my life, my life, this is my time. I can't give it to anybody. Yeah. I can't. You know, if I, could, if I could sell, if people could sell a few hours of their lives, there would be nobody poor in this world. All the rich people would buy it. <laughs> <And> they <would laughs>
2: <bring out>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> There would, yes. would be a lot of money, you know, they would put out. <laughs> but it can't be done. And so it's yours and you get to keep it. You get to do whatever with it. I, you can do whatever you want. You know? And I say, I, I, I say to people, I say, look, you want to die, you want to go to heaven. I understand that. But what is wrong with making heaven right here, for us, making heaven right here? I mean, just to make heaven here. And if all the religions could tell this to their believers, that, okay, if you want to go to heaven... After you die, the only way you're gonna get in is if you first make heaven right here. You know, things would change real quick. (laughs) Things would change real quick.
0: (laughs) Thank you about that marriage. Thank
2: you so much. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Man, your foundation is doing absolutely like amazing things. Where did that all begin?
3: Well, there was a need. I saw that people needed to receive help. Yeah. Now. Well, people can say, well, there's a lot of foundations in the world that do that. But there is a formula that they don't understand. Yeah. And the first formula is, when you go to help somebody, at what cost are you helping them? I'm not talking about monetary cost, I'm talking about dignity, okay? There is a lot of people, and, and, and this is a very strange thing that happens as a consequence. A lot of people donate their clothes, they go to some place and, you know, all these people have clothes and it's all free. But all those poor people who are tailors in the community now can't sell their clothes because nobody wants to buy them, they can get free. All those people who were making shoes cannot sell their shoes because they, people can get them for free. And they go bust. So. People need help, but at the same time, in the name of help, you cannot hurt people. So one of the things that I wanted to do with the Prem Rawat Foundation is not just to blindly go and help people, yeah. but help people in a way which would be inclusive for everybody. So what we did, what we did is we I went to this one area in India, and it was really, really poor. In fact, it was so poor that the children were stealing from the rats. What? Yes. The rat in it its chambers has a uh, middle chamber. It's called the king's chamber, and it stores food there. And so they would look at the holes, figure out where that middle chamber is, dig it up, and take the food out that the rat would store. This is how bad the situation was.
1: Learn something new about rats, too.
3: <laughs> yes. Dude. So... I said, okay, what are we going to do for them? How can we help them? So people said, you know, build a hospital or build a this and I said, look, hospital requires a lot of expertise. You know, how's that going to happen? So finally, I came up with the idea, we're going to do food for people, okay, food for people. So what was behind this idea? Well, we're going to give them food that they can eat. Nothing alien. Nothing from some planet that they yeah, have never yeah. seen before, but something that they actually Caviar. Eat. But, 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 no, no, caviar. <laughs> but something that they can eat. Secondly, we're not going to make their household cooking redundant. Yeah. Okay. Thirdly, we're going to limit it who can eat here. Okay. All right. And then we are only going to supply... The raw materials, we will do the cooking, we will supply the facility, but we will not politically decide who comes and eats at this facility. Okay. We will let the chiefs do it. So we keep politics out of it, we started. The children of the area and the, the adults, the, the, the aged, they were the ones who would come and eat. One meal a day. That was it. One meal a day. Just one meal a day. And believe me, they could eat seconds, they could have thirds, whatever. We created the facility in such a way that they, uh, the children would come and the first thing they have to do is wash their hands. See, they weren't washing their hands. That's why they were getting sick. The you know, life expectancy there was like 40s, 40s and 50s. That was it. And none of the children going to the schools had ever left the school system and gone on to university, never. Never, hadn't happened. So we came in, we built the facility, children started coming and they started learning how to wash their hands. They would walk inside, there was nice you know, plate for them, they would grab the plate, they would line up, they would receive the food, food was hot. The kitchen is impeccable. The kitchen is as clean as the cleanest kitchen you'll see anywhere, not a fly, not a bug, anything. I mean, it is professionally handled. All the cooks wear like surgical masks, hats, and every time they go outside, they have to wash their hands when they come back in. I mean, it was just like, it's like a surgery almost. Damn. So clean food, <laughs> incredible food, and the kids started loving it. So first year went by, second year went by, and then we started to see a change in the whole community. The crime rate dropped.
0: From one food of please?
3: Exactly. People didn't need to steal because this one kid eating there was saving them one meal and they could save up a little bit of money because this is every day. So the crime rate dropped. The health became significantly better because now kids were washing their hands and eating very good, clean food. And then it happened. For the first time, the kids graduated from school and went on to universities.
2: That
0: is incredible. <laughs> what are you doing with the life, dude?
3: <laughs> 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 this was so exciting for me. I mean, it's so exciting. I mean, it worked. So we opened another one in Nepal. Yeah. And we opened another one in Ghana. West Africa, no way!
0: yes, way. In my head, I'm like, I'm like
3: yes. I, and, I mean, again, the same dynamics, same <laughs> dynamics, you know? What's Damn. happening in Nepal? What's happening in Ghana? And I want to open more. I want to open more. And also here, here's the beautiful part. They grow their own food.
0: Okay, how do we get involved? I know you talking about, like how, how can how can one actually get involved in this now?
3: Well, we leave it up to the local people to yeah. run it. We provide the facility, we provide all of the stuff, materials that they need, but really it has to be a project that... I mean, you, you see these kids come in, they're like... Hey, what are you doing here? I'm, I, you know, I go, there, I, 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 I stand there sometimes just watching the kids come in, and they're like, "What are you doing in my place?" I mean, it's like they own this place. They own this place. They come in, and it's just so wonderful to see. It's like you took the ownership of this. This is wonderful, and this is how it should be. This is how it should be. Can we, like, knuckle for this? Like, yes, 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 yes. yes, And and, and this is what it should be. People should not feel like, oh, my God, you know, I'm really in a pathetic situation, thank you. No, it's like, hey. You're a human being. Dignity, dignity, peace, prosperity. You've got, you cannot lose people's dignities. And then people just go in there and it's like, yeah, yeah, we're here to, you know, we're here to do this and we're here to do that. And no, first thing, you gotta remember, they're down and out, but they're still human beings and their dignity needs to be preserved. Preserve the dignity.
1: Peace. May I ask a question though? So you've said before about how, you know, people's greed has come in and the leaders are not leading and things. And then you say with this program that you're, you know, you're leaving it to the community. So how do you ensure, do you, do you go through a process of, ask, of, you know, checking who will be running it within the community to make sure that your fundamental goal is still being kept true to what it is, if that it makes is, any it,
3: sense? It is so simple. This particular project is so simple. It mm-hmm. runs by itself. Basically, okay. They grow the food,
1: yeah.
3: Right. They cut that, cook it. People come, people eat. Structure has been provided, mm-hmm. and TPRF has a person. And so, if they need money to repair something or, or, or to buy fuel, you know, wood or coal or whatever it is, it's okay. not coal, it's wood, because that's carbon neutral. Um, they allow they, they you know TPRF then yeah. takes care of that.
1: Okay, so you don't just completely like you go here's a building and then you're out. Like you're
3: still involved no. in. No, the... we have to we have to maintain standards. We have yeah. to make sure that that kitchen is clean. We have to make sure that the screens are not falling apart. Mm-hmm. And so whatever maintenance the money is required for the maintenance, but we keep that money issue out of people's hands. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't become political. Okay. Because that's where all these projects die. You know, as soon as money walks into it, everybody goes, Ha ha ha, ha I want some of that.
1: Yeah, no, we've and, seen that a lot in this country where government has tried to you know, implement where kids are being given lunch and then principals or school officials get involved and then suddenly kids are having to pay for something that should be free. Like there's always been lots of cases. That's why I was just wondering, you know, how do you maintain that level of of this is purely for the community, like an upliftment without anything if, bad
3: happening. From the inception, the program truly is for the community. Mm-hmm. It isn't just for a namesake. You know? Yeah. Because for TPRF, we, we have a thing, you know, we're not just going to do something for namesake. Yeah. This is not for boasting rights. Even though we can boast so much, it's not for the boasting rights. This is to really make a difference. Mm-hmm. Really, really make a difference. And in 2014, I went there and I interviewed the kids. I talked to the kids. And I can tell you, the gratitude that they had for me, because I did this for them, it, I mean, I still get goosebumps every time I think about that, that day, uh, that, you know, thank you so much. And this is all they had to say is thank you so much for doing this for us. It really has changed our lives. And I mean, to me, it's a simple thing, you know, it's a simple thing that technologies are there. Technologies can be deployed to create housing for people who are in that situation. I really wanna try a program that, that maybe someday I will have the opportunity to make it happen. And I wanna call it a second chance where you have a house and you have land. And you, you know if you're down and out, you come in there, you can stay mm-hmm. and you have so much time. And we will, we will teach you how to grow the crops 60% of the crops you keep, 40% we take. We take that 40% and we use it for food for people and make that available to the communities. 60% you you take it, you sell it, and you make your money, make enough money so you can get out of the hole, move on, and leave the place for somebody else who needs a second chance. And so uh, something that could be set up like that, just, just to give people that chance. You know, nobody wants to be a burden on anybody else Mm -hmm. really and and but people just need the opportunity you know and and people go people go into a bank people go into a money institution and they sign pieces of paper they don't read the contract i mean excuse me they don't read the contract have you looked at some of the print on that it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, and and they sign it. And what ends up happening is if they go into troubled times, which you can look at anybody's cycle, Mm -hmm. even the biggest countries go in and out of of troubled times and economically and whatever have you, they lose everything. It's a setup, it's a a setup. Then you've got Bali-Hali dreams, Wait, a what are bali Holly dreams? Though. Bollywood and Hollywood. Oh, yes, the dreams. The big okay. dream-making machines, bali Holly dreams. I want that, I want that, I want to be like this, I want to be like that. And next thing you know, there is the dreams. Here come the dreams. I mean, it's like dreams are really good, but <laughs> you need to stay asleep not be walking around. <laughs> and if you're so going to
0: getting like to reality. If you to be walking around, you're going to be in
3: big trouble. So <laughs> you know, forget about that. Do things that are sensible, save up, do things right, not get into trouble. Yeah. You know, and think before you do. Just think before you do. People are so amped on doing first, thinking later. And believe me, all the thinking you do after you've done something is not good kind of thinking. It's called lamenting. It's like, oh my God. But if you just give it a thought first, you can actually save yourself a lot of problems. So, this is coming from an old guy here uh, with his <laughs> old experience, right? And, uh,
0: <laughs> is he, we're the wild. You added the whys. You added so the whys. But wait, before you head out and run off, you've impacted a lot of lies over the years. I can't believe you've been doing this for 50 years. Yeah. Moment. <laughs> but I mean, you've impacted a lot of lives. Who's impacted your life? Everybody. So there's no one you'd like to be like, today I'd like like to appreciate this individual because you've helped my journey. I
3: I appreciate everyone. Cool. Because that's what it's about. Yeah. And I do. I know so many people that I am so thankful for. Everybody that comes to hear me, I am thankful to them.
0: Yeah.
3: Everybody who takes... My advice to their heart, I'm thankful to them. You know, I went to the prison, Altsbury Prison, and I spoke to the inmates. Yeah. And I can say I'm very thankful to them. I'm very thankful that they gave me a chance and listened to me. Because I hope that I have brought something, a light in their life. Yeah. Because a lit lamp can light other lamps. An unlit lamp can't do anything, but a lit lamp can light other lamps. And this is what I believe in. 7.5 billion people on the face of this earth. Let's light the lamps. It's not going to be country-wise. It's not going to be social. It's going to be individual to individual to individual to individual.
0: Nice. So if you were to describe your journey thus far in Cape Town or South Africa or Cape Town, in one word,
3: what would, what would it be? It's very exciting to be here. The thirst that people have, the openness that people have. I really appreciate that. I really, really appreciate that in people. And And I know that when I talk to them, that I'm talking to these people who have endurance that you cannot believe, that I have a heart that is big. Yeah. And that is very important to me. Nice.
0: Any last closing questions? I love how everyone no. is just like, I'm going to cancel my psychologist's
1: number right <laughs> now. But I don't need that. Right. <laughs> Every question I actually had written down is some, he's, he's worked in right. and answered already. i right. feel so like such an idiot the whole time. It's another time reason why I'm sitting... so quiet because I'm like, well, you've just answered my question. Oh
0: my <laughs> just answer my question. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: whole time i will just be like. <laughs> I feel so sorry
0: for you because I'm re- <laughs> you right here, and I'm just like, <laughs> well, that was Prem Rawat.
1: Rawat but Joe, Rawat. just give us an idea of what else do you have planned while you're here in Cape Town, South Africa? Are you? going Oh yeah,
3: I've got a couple anything? of couple more events happening in Cape Town, and then mm-hmm. I'm going to Johannesburg, and there's a whole bunch of things planned for me in Johannesburg. So, I'm John missing this time around. <laughs> well, Prem Rawat has been sitting here with three lovely ladies.
0: Okay. I love how yeah, so, you, so, yes, yeah, so you please help us out
2: yeah.
0: here. <laughs> 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 he just took over. So Prem Raut, Peace Ambassador. And, yes. Yeah,
3: thank you Pilot. so much, ladies. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been thank a blast.
0: Thank you so much for thank coming. Thank you so much for you, saying ben. you got to cook for me. I just
3: want to talk about it.
2: Lumka, <laughs> <laughs> like, I think you've just asked it yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to today's podcast, courtesy of the Timeless Today app. If you want to learn more about what Prem Rao talks about, he offers a practical online course called PEAK. To help you understand and experience personal peace, go to Primrao.com. that's R-A-W-A-T, and click on PEAK. Prem's book, Hear Yourself, How to Find Peace in a Noisy World, Published by HarperCollins is now available. For further information, go to HearYourselfbook.com. If you have any questions for Prem Route about his new book or Life's Essentials podcast, please email us at lifeessentials with at gmail.com.